Oh, me. Well, we do hope that your Thanksgiving dinner went a whole lot better than theirs did. I can assure you ours did. It was really good to have my sister here and her husband for Thanksgiving, and we enjoyed the Thanksgiving meal together. Hey, I hate to tell you this, but uh, Christmas is 30 days from today. 30 days from today is Christmas, and then a week after that is New Year's Eve, and then we are into 2019. 2019. Now, I have to tell you that I am really looking forward to putting 2018 behind me and my family because it's been a tough year for us. It started off in January when my mother-in-law came down with pneumonia, was in the hospital for a month. And then after that, I received a text message from my sister in February saying that my mother had had a stroke and that I needed to come as quickly as possible. So I got there and I was able to pray with her. And as I was praying with her, she opened her eyes and she squeezed my hand. Uh, But then she never regained consciousness. She never was able to speak. And she passed away a couple of days later. And then less than six months after that, I received a phone call from my sister again uh, telling me that my father wasn't doing very well and didn't think that he was going to be with us but a few more days. And so she put him on the phone. I was able to talk to him. And I told him, Dad, I love you and I'm praying for you. And he replied, I didn't expect a response, but he replied, I love you too, son, and I'm praying for you. Those were the last words I ever heard my father say. I was able to get there, but by then he was already in a comatose state. I was there by his side. I was reading scripture to him. I was reading in Romans 8 where it says, Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, not even death itself, when I saw my dad take his last breath. Um, And then, last month, My wife and I, Anita, were getting ready to go on a mission trip to Cambodia. We're going to be working with the Grace and Peace gals there. They're getting ready to dedicate a a school building that's purpose is to get children out of the sex trafficking business and get them into schools, try to rescue them and prevent them from getting into there. We were going to be going there and be a part of dedicating that building, and then we were going to be doing some training with the teachers and that sort of thing. And just a few days before we were supposed to leave, my wife, uh, coming out of an office building, or coming out of an office, in an office building, had a freak accident, accidentally fell, landed on her shoulder and on her knee, broke her shoulder and her kneecap. And we had to cancel the trip to Cambodia. And so, you can understand why I would be glad to put 2018 behind me. I'm looking forward to 2019. Now, I know that some of you have experienced some difficulties this year as well. I think about Jen Myers, who lost both her mother and father within a 36-hour period. And then some of you, you may not know who this is, but uh, April Bowyer was our preschool, weekday preschool director, up until about six weeks ago. Two weeks ago, Her husband, Sean, had an asthma attack 
that led to cardiac arrest and he died two weeks ago. And this is a current picture. Had a son who just graduated last year, a daughter in high school, a daughter in elementary school. Definitely going through a challenging time at this time of the year. And then, of course, we all know about the... And here we go. We're already having technical difficulties with the slides. I think you're going to have to take it, Jen. Go back to that slide. We remember what happened in California. And so, uh, you know, the fires that are going on there. And it, you know, brings to mind, of course, for me, because obviously this is Thanksgiving. It's a time to be thankful, to give thanks. But sometimes it's not so easy. You know, it's been a tough, it could be a tough time, a tough year, tough things going on. And we don't always feel thankful. And the question is, that I'd like to think about this morning is how can I, how can we be thankful even when we don't feel thankful? And is that possible? And the big idea for the sermon this morning is that being thankful is more a mindset than a feeling. Being thankful is more a mindset than a feeling. I'm not saying that it's not, doesn't involve our feelings. But it's more a mindset than a feeling. Being thankful is a mindset that's based upon our belief that God is good regardless of our feelings. It's based upon the belief that God is good regardless of what we may be feeling. I don't know if you've seen this illustration, but it demonstrates that our faith is based upon fact or truth, and our feelings follow. Our feelings follow. So we put our faith in what we know to be true, even if we don't necessarily feel things. And I, I do believe eventually our feelings follow. But we have to put our faith in the facts. And so that leads me to uh, actually thinking about a couple of illustrations from both the Old Testament and New Testament about people who demonstrated this, who were able to, even though they were going through some extremely difficult times, were still able to give thanks and be thankful. Even though I'm sure they weren't necessarily feeling thankful, they still were able to give thanks. And of course, the first one is Job. You look at Job and Habakkuk, but the first one is Job. And so in Job chapter 1, after he has, has lost everything, he's lost his family, he has lost all his belongings. This is what it says in Job chapter 1, verse 20. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now you notice I'm reading this because as uh, Job is from southern Israel, because he said, naked, naked, not naked, naked, I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. So I just wanted to make sure you understand that. There is a difference. So (laughs) Job chooses to praise and give thanks to God despite how he must have been feeling. 
I mean, if you've lost your family, if you've lost everything, I don't know how thankful you may you be feeling. But he chooses to give thanks and praise to God, recognizes that, you know, he came into this world with nothing. He's going to leave with nothing. Everything's a gift from God. I'm still going to give him praise, even if he takes everything from me. With Habakkuk, facing starvation, this is what Habakkuk says in, in chapter 3, verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like deers. He makes me tread on my high places. So we see Habakkuk also facing starvation. Chooses to praise and give thanks to God despite how he must have been feeling. If he and his, the whole nation of Israel are facing Starvation because there's no food, there's no, there's no herd for which to get meat. They are facing starvation, yet they choose to give thanks to God. Not always an easy thing to do. Paul, in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In all circumstances, good circumstances and bad circumstances, Paul says, give thanks. Now notice, he doesn't say to feel thankful. He says, be thankful. Give thanks. And so, you know, with Paul, again, Paul is experiencing uh, all kinds of afflictions at this time. And yet he is saying it is still possible. Even though you may be experiencing difficult things, it is still possible to be able to give thanks. Now I want to just say right now that I'm not trying to minimize the feelings that we may be feeling. If you're going through a time where you may be grieving a loss or experiencing really difficult times, it's it's important to feel those things and allow yourself to feel those things. But we have to choose to look at what the truth says. What are the facts? What does God's Word say? And, and choose to believe those things even when it doesn't feel good or feel right. And so this morning, I'd like for us to take a look at some, some truths, three truths, three facts. I would argue these are facts. These are truths that we can believe and hold to even when we don't feel thankful and that they will allow us to be thankful. The difference between being thankful and feeling thankful. So the first one is this, that the glory of eternity far outweighs temporary pain and suffering. The glory of eternity far outweighs temporary pain and suffering. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Paul says in verse 4, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, 
Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so Paul is saying, he refers to the afflictions that they are experiencing as light and momentary and temporary in comparison. He's not saying, he's not trying to make light of the afflictions that they're experiencing. He's just saying in comparison to what they have to look forward to in eternity, it's light. It's temporary. And so, uh, you know, he's trying to help them to put their focus on that which is eternal. It's easy to become focused upon what's happening and we're experiencing in the here and now and lose sight of what we have to look forward to in eternity. Paul has, is experiencing some significant difficulties. He's, they're being persecuted. They're facing death for their faith. He says in another place in Corinthians that he, he's almost, he's ready to die. The, 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 the suffering is so intense. But he also says here that you know, in comparison to what they have to look forward to in heaven, this is, this is, this is almost like nothing. He's not, again, he's not making light of it. He just says, it's so much greater there. It's so much more that we have to look forward to there. What we have, what we're experiencing here is just momentary. It's temporary. It's not permanent. And this caused me to think about you know, what, is, what are some of the things that we're experiencing here and how does that compare to eternity? And so, you know, right now, what we're dealing with in the here and now, this is temporary. I mean, we're all going to face death at some point. We are going to die. Life is temporary here on earth. But in heaven, life is eternal. There is no death in heaven. Uh, here again, we experience death. In heaven, it's life. Eternal life. Here we deal with sin. We're dealing with the effects of sin on ourselves and on our world. There is freedom from sin. No sin in heaven. Here we we deal with sadness. There's sadness and sorrow. There, joy. Joy. Here we're dealing with deteriorating bodies that get, a, get sick, deal with illness. They're glorified bodies, not affected by sin or illness. This reminds me of a story when, my, my, uh, when I was younger, when my little girl was about, my, girl was, my, my daughter was about three or four. I, she, back then, I actually had a little hair. I had some hair. And uh, she would play with my hair. And she told me, she said, Daddy, I don't want you to worry about your hair because it's waiting for you in heaven. I'm looking for to be reunited with my hair. That glorified body, I can't wait. So that's one of the things we get to look forward to. We're dealing with deteriorating bodies. 
We get glorified bodies. Here, we see God. We see things in a mirror dimly. There, we see things. We see Jesus and we see God face to face. Face to face. We're in His presence. Here, there's separation from those who have gone before us. From those believers who have gone before us. There, we're reunited with them. We spend eternity with them. Here, evil is present. We deal with evil. No evil in heaven. No evil. Here, there's injustice. We deal with injustice. It happens in heaven. Justice. There's justice. And so I think it's important for us to remember and to think about what we have to look forward to. What is heaven going to be like? I wonder what you think of when you think of heaven. What, what comes to your mind when you think about heaven? I'd like for you to just take a minute here and just imagine what you have to look forward to. Those of you who have put your faith and trust in Jesus, what do you think heaven would be like? I, I, I encourage you just to close your eyes even this right now and just think about what, what heaven might be like. And as you do that, let me just read some words to you from a song that you're familiar with called I Can Only Imagine. It says this, I, I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I, I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah, or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes when I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? When we think about what we have to look forward to in heaven, what we experience on earth just pales in comparison. I can tell you that that is what has helped us and my family to get through this, is to know that one day we will be reunited with each other. And... We grieve, but we do not grieve as those without hope. We grieve with hope. It is possible to grieve and still have hope. It's possible to grieve and still be thankful. And so, one of the ways that we can be thankful, even when we don't necessarily feel thankful, is to keep our focus on that which is eternal. Think about that which is to come. A second principle that can help us, I think, be thankful when we don't necessarily feel thankful is that Jesus 
has experienced our pain and will take us through it. Jesus has experienced our pain and will take us through it. A familiar passage in Hebrews chapter 4 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet is without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. You see, Jesus, he's experienced pain. He has experienced anything and everything that we have experienced. He has experienced suffering. He has even experienced physical death itself. And he can empathize with us. He will take us through it. He has even experienced the death of someone he loved. If you remember the story of Lazarus, it takes us to that verse that's the shortest verse in Scripture. And John which says, Jesus wept. He wept. Now, Jesus, he knew he was going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Yet, as he sees Martha and Mary and the others as they are grieving, he doesn't say, oh, get over it. He grieves with them. He empathizes with them. He feels their pain. Even though he knows what he's going to do, he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Tells me that it's okay for us to grieve. It's okay to feel sad sometimes. Even at Thanksgiving, it's okay if you feel some sadness. Yet, we can be thankful because we know that we have a Savior who understands our pain, who is with us in our pain, and who will help us through our pain. We can still be thankful even in our sadness. Leads me to a third truth that I think can help us to be thankful even if we don't feel thankful. And that is that we can trust God's plan even when we don't always understand it. We can trust God's plan even when we don't always understand it. Going back to Hebrews. Writing about, you know, the people in the Old Testament. And Hebrews 11 is known as sort of the hall of fame of faith. And the, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews says this. There were others, other, others who were people of faith, who suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Did not receive what was promised. 
since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Do you catch that? These are believers. These are people of faith that are living in the Old Testament. They're looking forward to a, a Messiah. They're believing and trusting that that Messiah is going to come in their lifetime. They're experiencing all kinds of difficulty. They're, they're looking for a Savior to come to save them. He doesn't come in their lifetime. Yet they continue to remain faithful to Him despite the fact that He did not come during their lifetime. In a similar way, you know, we, we, we look back, we get to look back, we see that the Messiah has come. We, we, we get that benefit of knowing that the Messiah has come. But we still live in a world where we're waiting for Jesus to return and to make everything right. We're waiting for that. And so there are times when we don't fully understand why, why doesn't he come back now? Why not now? Why not come back now, Jesus? I mean, even the apostle John at the end of Revelation says, come, Lord Jesus, come. But they, just like the, the faithful in the Old Testament who did not see the Messiah come in their lifetime, we remain faithful. We remain, we remain, we, remain, we trust in God and in His plan, even when we don't understand it. Even when we don't understand it. And so sometimes we will not fully understand the reasons why God allows things to happen in this world and in this life. We may not understand it until we're actually there with Him. And then we will be able to understand Him. So we can be thankful, even if we don't feel thankful, based on these three truths. First, the glory of eternity far outweighs the temporary pain and suffering of this world. Second, Jesus has experienced our pain and suffering, will take us through it. And third, we can trust God's plan even when we can't and don't understand it. Now I want to give us some next steps to think about, to apply what we're talking about here this morning. And first, so I want to encourage you to think about writing a letter to God telling him how you're feeling about being thankful or not. Now, you may be really thankful, and that would be a good thing to write down. Write down why you're thankful. Write a letter about it. But if you're not feeling very thankful, it's also a very good thing to write that down, just to express your feelings. In fact, when you look at the Old Testament especially, there's a book called Lamentations. It's all about laments. Uh, the people of Israel lamenting the fact that God isn't doing what they were hoping He would do. And there's psalms called Psalms of Lament where they lament, God, why aren't you, you know, I don't understand. They express their feelings. Of why, you know, why aren't you doing, why aren't you rescuing us as we would expect? Now with those psalms, they, they express their frustration, but then they almost always end up with a praise of thanksgiving. They still come back to thanksgiving. It's, it's 
therapeutic to, to write these things down. For me, when my, uh, my mother was, had, had her stroke, I started journaling. and so I don't always journal, but I started writing some things down. Just I wanted to record things. I wanted to remember things. This is part of it that I wrote. I said, uh, this is my journal. Mom had a massive stroke. Spoke to Jan, that's my sister, and the doctor. Decision made to honor mom's DNR. Do not resuscitate. Order. Family asked to come. ASAP. I left church and started trying to find a flight for Anita and I back to Birmingham. Called different airlines. Earliest flight I could find was Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Customer service rep with American Airlines worked hard to find an earlier flight brought me to tears. I literally cried talking to him on the phone. That guy worked hard, really hard, to try to get me on an earlier flight. Just couldn't do it. But I captured all that. And to be honest, I went back and read that just the other day. I had forgotten. I had forgotten that. I am so glad I captured that so I can remember that guy. I don't know who he was, but I am so thankful for him. So it's important to write these things down. Express your thoughts, your feelings, even your frustrations with God. Write them down. I think it can help you. It can be, it can be helpful to you. It can heal you. It can help bring healing. It can bring you to a point where you can be thankful. Even if you don't feel thankful, you still be thankful. Another step I would encourage you to think about is joining a grief share or a community group because we weren't meant to live this Christian life alone. We're meant to do it with others and other believers. And when, if you're going through a challenging time, you need other believers to come alongside and just be there with you and just help you through it, just to encourage you through it. Grief share groups are designed specifically for those who are going through grief, who've gone through a loss and are grieving. If you're interested in being in a grief share group or in a community group, which are designed to help us to apply what we hear on Sunday morning, um, you can do that. You can join those. You go to the community group table out in the lobby, and there's somebody, there'll be somebody there, actually probably my wife, there to help you get plugged in to one of those groups. So don't try to do this on your own if you're struggling at this time of year with being thankful. And then a third step is to make a list of all the things that you have to be thankful for. And I encourage you to begin with things that you have to look forward to in heaven, in eternity, but then go on and just express and write those things down. Write a list of those things. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this book by Ann Voskamp. She's written a book called 1,000 Gifts, and it's based upon her having made the... Actually, she was challenged by someone to, to come up with a 1,000 things that she was thankful for. Because she was struggling with being thankful. She had lost a sister in childhood to an automobile accident, was killed, and then she, came, she had cancer, and then she had other things going on in her life. And she was struggling with being thankful. And this person just said, just write down a thousand things 
that you're thankful for. She ends up writing this book, 1,000 Gifts. I encourage you to start writing those things down. I started writing some things down just uh, the other day. I started making my Thanksgiving list. I didn't start with everything eternal, but some of these things like salvation, family, friends, sunrise. I was sitting outside and I was thinking about, you know, brisk, cool mornings. I'm thankful for those things. And we just have a new lab puppy. I'm thankful for that lab puppy. And uh, go on down. I, I promise you that uh, this is not in any kind of order of priority. If, if so, Green Bay wouldn't be, Green Bay Packers wouldn't be number 30. I can try. It'd be over here somewhere. But anyway, um, now I just start writing those things down. Things uh, that you are thankful for. I challenge you. Go for a hundred. I won't even challenge you with a thousand. Just start with a hundred things that you're thankful for. It's amazing when we start writing those things down. How it just kind of reminds us of what we have to be thankful for. It's like, you know, that old hymn, Count Your Many Blessings. See what God has done. So that leads us into a time now where we're going to celebrate communion. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.